We've been on a subject now for a few weeks called um, the greatest faith. And as I looked at um, my notes along this line, I realized that the other example of faith is a mother. There are two examples of the greatest faith. One is the centurion, and the other is a mother. Well, it'd be appropriate to talk about that today now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Think so? Yes. Well, I'm glad you agree. I was planning on it. <laughs> there are two passages of Scripture that uh, tell us about this, Mark 7 and Matthew 15. I want us to take the time to read both of them, just a few verses, and then see what it was about this woman, this mother, that caused her to be one of only two whom Jesus heralded that he, was, he marveled over her faith. And what is it about her? How many want to have Jesus marvel about your faith? Yeah. Oh boy. Well, he, he doesn't change and he's no respecter of persons, so it is possible that we could have the same kind of faith as her. And she got a miracle for her daughter. Something happened for her daughter that could not have happened any other way except by the power of God. Does God still do miracles for mothers and their children? Yes, yes. So let's pay attention because we can get the same kind of results today. Mark 7 and 24. Mark 7, 24 said, from there Jesus arose, and he went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Now here you'll see Jesus wanted to get away for a little bit and didn't want anybody to know where he was because he was constantly being bombarded by mass masses of people wanting something, needing something. And so he... He, uh, he didn't want anybody to know where he was at. He wanted to rest for a little bit, have some, some time off for a little bit, but he couldn't be hid for this woman found him whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Now, we live in a day where a lot of people don't believe in uh, the influences of spirits. A lot of people feel like they're educated and that we have science now and that uh, there is a, a scientific, a natural explanation for all phenomena. Well, that's just being ignorant. I mean, if you'll just be honest, there's all kind of things all over the place you can't explain. Right? But the truth is there has been and always will be spiritual influences. And a lot of the troubles that people have, including young people, including children, psychological problems, mental, emotional distress, uh, addictions, uh, all kind of things. People would call them phobias or they would call, you know, the, any, all kind of things you could name it. But a lot of these things actually are the influences of wrong spirits. Not something for us to be afraid of or, you know, uh, scared of, 
because we're believers, we have authority. Yes, sir. The good news about this is we can put these things on the run. We can get them out of our house. We can get them out of our lives if we will. But this woman didn't know that, didn't know anything about how that could happen. She had just heard about the miracles that were happening in Jesus' ministry, that people were not only being healed, but people were being delivered. And so when she heard about it, she sought him out and even found out where he was laying low for a couple of days and, and interrupted his rest and, and besought him. Verse 26, the woman was a Greek. She's not Jewish. She's not a Jewish proselyte, a Syrophoenician by nation. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Now, multiple things are told us about this woman's nationality and her upbringing. It's because it's a significant thing in this passage. Her upbringing is a big deal here. But she besought Jesus that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. And uh, verse 27, Jesus said, uh, no, she just needs some medication. <laughs> and some therapy. Have we learned better these days than this? You got to make up your mind whether you believe the Bible or not. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't matter how many pills you take, it won't make a spirit leave you. Or how many therapy sessions you take, unless the therapist is telling you about Jesus <laughs> and about your authority in his name. And, and there are those that do, is why I bring it up. There are some good Christian therapists. Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it's not meat or fit or right to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. This is not politi politically correct. This is not being inclusive. Uh-oh. <laughs> what, what do you mean by the key? He's saying this is not for you. <laughs> now, now, now be cool. Don't get mad at Jesus. Right? Learn some things. What we've been studying is what makes the greatest faith? What kind of heart? What kind of person? And you'll see it in these two individuals. We've already studied the centurion a little bit. And, and one of the amazing things is that neither one of these people were Jewish. Another was a centurion, a Roman soldier. And he, he may have become a Jewish proselyte, that's possible, but not this woman. We have no reason to think that, the, in fact, we have reason to think she's not at this point a Jewish proselyte. He said it's not, it's not right to take the children's bread. Now, here's some good news. Are you a child of the Lord? Yes. Then healing and deliverance is called your bread. Yes. 
Hmm? I'm so glad he didn't say it's the children's dessert. <laughs> because that would imply that it was something special. Right? right? Yeah. That you might get on a special occasion. No, children's bread, basic staple. Yes. Healing yes. belongs to God's children. Yes. Come on, somebody say, healing, healing. is my bread. Basic staple of the children of God. It's not some special dessert that a few people might get if God decides to do it. No, it's bread that belongs to everybody. Everybody. He said it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Ooh. Dogs? Who are the dogs? You got the children and you got the dogs. Oh, boy. <laughs> you hear how quiet it gets? People think, well, you don't call anybody a dog. <laughs> really? Verse 28. She answered and said, yes, Lord. Yes, what? Yes, what? Matthew's account says, truth. she said, truth, Lord. Truth. What's she saying truth to? Yes to. Now here is, we, we saw it with the centurion, and we see it here. What makes a person's heart, what kind of makeup is the person who has the greatest faith you can have in God's eyes to get the greatest miracle? One of the big qualities we have seen with him and with her now, humility. And not thinking something's owed to them. devoid of this feeling of entitlement. Right? She said, yes, Lord. She didn't, I mean, this, this is where a lot of people would have gotten mad, indignant. Right? They would have said, dogs? Who are you calling a dog? <laughs> huh? They could have got indignant. She could have got in, become indignant, mad, angry, offended, and said, I don't know who you Jewish people think you are, but we saw our Phoenicians just as good as you, better than a lot of you. Let me tell you about some of the Jews I know and all the junk they do. She could have had her say and left without, without her healing. Without her dollar's deliverance. How many times this has happened? People got mad. People got hurt. People got offended. They had their say. They demanded their way. But it cost them more than they even realized. It wasn't time to spout off. It wasn't time to demand who you are and be proud of your uh, natural heritage. And says, well, I got a right to be. Do you? Remember my father in the faith, Brother Hagin said, so, so many people so proud of their family tree, maybe it never did produce anything but, but a bunch of nuts. <laughs> you, you don't have to be ashamed. I'm not saying that of where you came from or, or how you were brought up. But the truth is so much of our natural heritage is ungodly and unspiritual. Yeah. 
We don't need to be proud of it. We don't need to be brag, uh, bragging about it. Our real heritage is easy to track nowadays. I am born of God. That's what you need to be emphasizing and thinking about, not your natural heritage. Your natural heritage makes you nothing in the sight of God and gives you no rights to any blessings in the sight of God. You, we must not approach him telling him who our parents are or who their or what they did or who we are. That gives you nothing in the sight of God. He owes us nothing because of who we are naturally. But if you'll take your place in Christ, you can have everything. Hallelujah. Not because you deserve it, but just because he loves you and gave it to us as a free gift. Can you see we're seeing the same thing we saw with the centurion? You've got to humble yourself. And you, you've got to cast pride aside. She said, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The devil is gone out of your daughter. Oh, somebody say, praise God. Now, this is amazing. He didn't even have to be there at the house. Didn't have to pray for her. Didn't have to lay hands on her. And according, if you look at the whole context, the thing that delivered her daughter completely from this evil influence was only crumbs of God's power. <laughs> uh, healing is the children's bread. And he's telling her, yeah, but... You're not, you're not of the children. And it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. And there, there is one thing I think in studying I noticed. There are two different words for dogs in the scriptures. One of them is dog, like a wild dog. They ran in packs back then. They were, a lot of them were not your pets that you think of today. The other one was little dogs. Little dogs, which might have been more a house dog. That's the word here little dogs. She said, yeah, Lord, but the little dogs, they get the crumbs in the house. And I know I'm not a child. You don't owe me anything. Uh, I don't need a whole slice of bread. I just, I just need crumbs. And the little dogs, they get the crumbs, right? Right, Jim? I believe a big smile broke across Jesus' face. He said, girl, you're right. <laughs> and here's the amazing thing. Here is a woman with no background in the things of God, no covenant, no knowledge of God in her upbringing, no rights to anything at all, but by faith reached across nationality lines covenant lines. Come on, can you see this? Reached across everything and got a miracle for her little girl. This is amazing. And Jesus said, well, yeah. You be, with faith like that? You got it, girl. The devil's gone out of your daughter. And when she was come home, she found the devil gone. Oh, somebody say gone, gone. Gone out 
and her daughter was laid upon the bed, resting peacefully, I guess. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to Matthew 15 because you really have to put these two together to get the whole story. We're talking about a mother's faith, one of two that Jesus called the greatest faith. I want to read this to you out of the Young's literal translation. It's uh, not the easiest to read, but it's very accurate. And it brings out some points I want to mention to you. Jesus, having come from thence, he withdrew to the parts of Tyre and Zidon. And lo, a woman, a Canaanitess. Now, uh, Matthew uses this word, and uh, Mark uses other words. They're all correct. They're just emphasizing different things. But can you see there's an emphasis, emphasis on her background, where she was born, where she grew up. A Canaanitess. From those borders, having come forth, did call to him and say, Deal kindly with me, sir, son of David. My daughter is miserably demonized. Now, a whole lot of folks today, professionals, would not give this diagnosis. They would give other names. Is that right? To what's going on. But it's just because people have uh, lost some awareness of spiritual things. And he, he goes on to say, verse 23, he did not answer her a word. He heard her. He didn't respond to her at all. He didn't say hi. He didn't say I'm busy. Nothing. Didn't respond to her. Why? Why wouldn't he respond to her? Now here, things like this are where you just need to make a choice that Jesus knows what he's doing. Hmm? Well, that don't seem right to me. Well, Jesus is right. Well, it don't seem right to me. There's something wrong with your seamer. <laughs> your seeming, but there's nothing wrong with what he did. Amen. You got to make up your mind. I, I, when I was in Bible school many years ago, uh, one of our teachers, Brother Mel Piper, was teaching us Old Testament survey. And of course, through reading, studying the Old Testament, there's a lot of judgment and things you see there. And one day he paused. He said, let me give you some advice about understanding some of these things. He said, always stay on God's side. <laughs> that, is, that is some excellent advice. What do you mean? If you see some things, you hear some things, wonder why he said that. Wonder why he didn't do that. Wonder, you you got to watch about that because you'll take a stance against him if you listen to the enemy. Well, that don't seem fair to me. That don't seem, who are you? What do you know? No, what you need to say is, well, I don't know, but he had a good reason. Yes. <laughs> Guarantee you that. <laughs> I'm on his side. I'm with him. Yeah, but we don't think we like it. Well, I don't, I don't understand it either, but I'm with him. He's right. <laughs> huh? And he's good. And he's fair. How, how many believe that when you find out the details, you'll, you'll see he was fair. He was good. He was right. I can see one thing here because it keeps mentioning her nationality. She uses a term she would have no understanding of as a Canaanite, son of David. 
Hmm? Son of David is a very important term. The Messiah is to come out of David's lineage. He is the Messiah. He is the son of David. But why is she using this term? She heard other people use it. Other people cry out like the blind men or somebody, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So she maybe figures, well, that's the key. Right? <laughs> that you say that, you get your healing. But you don't get results using borrowed phraseology that you don't understand. And she was, she's not of the seed of Abraham. She's not a Jewish proselyte. She's a Canaanite. She wouldn't have any idea what this means. You, you don't get response from God pretending, playing games. You've got, he, he sees your heart. You can't just learn the, what you think are the correct religious phrases to approach to him because he doesn't hear vanity. He looks at the heart. She didn't even answer him. He didn't even answer her, I should say. And it, his disciples came and said, you know, send her away. She's crying after us. She's, she, she wouldn't hush. Here's another element of great faith. It won't quit. Even when it doesn't understand, even when it feels, maybe it feels like it's been mistreated, it won't quit. She came there to get healing and deliverance for her little girl. And, and they're going to have to drag her away. Jesus wouldn't even answer her, wouldn't even give her the time of day. She's She's not being real with him. She's using borrowed phraseology. The disciples are saying, Lord, send this lady away. She keeps hollering about her daughter. She keeps bugging us. Would you send her away? Well, how many understand at this point, you could get offended. You could say, well, excuse me. I thought this was a ministry. I thought this is somewhere where people in trouble could come get help. But I see I'm wrong. And she could have told them off. She could have gave them a piece of her mind. Like she could afford to share some of it, lose some of it. How many, how many think most people need all the mind they got? And then some. Uh, <laughs> she could have told them off and left without, without a huge key to her having the great faith in getting this miracle is her humility. Not yielding to pride. Her humility. They said, send her away. And he, he answering said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, he's letting her know that he knows. She's not Jewish proselyte. She hasn't re received uh, Yahweh as her God. She hasn't endeavored to follow the law or the commandments. She is a Canaanite. Now we see the word dog mentioned a little bit, just a few words later here. And that is not an exaggeration. 
because the Canaanites lived like dogs. Dogs are not moral. Dogs do things <laughs> that humans should never do. Is that right? And uh, the Canaanites did these things. They lived like this. Uh, let, me, let me read to you real, real quickly on this. Um, the scripture said in Leviticus 18, when God told them he had given them the promised land, and he told them one reason why they were displacing the current occupants, the Canaanites. He said, Leviticus 18.3, he said, don't do after the doings of the land of Canaan. Don't walk in their ways. Verse 24, defile not yourselves in any of these things, for in all that the nations are defiled that I cast out before you, the land is defiled. Therefore I visit the iniquity upon them. The land itself vomits out her inhabitants. He said the very land the Canaanites are living on is throwing them up because of their vileness. They widespread practice of incest, bestiality. They burned babies in the fire as a regular thing. This is dog-like, no, no moral, no morals. Well, that's how this woman grew up. And she's outside the covenant of God. And today, if you're outside the covenant of Christ, you have no access either. I don't care who you are after the natural or where you were brought up or your parents. Outside of Christ, outside the covenant, nobody has access to any good thing in God. And so he's telling her, her being a Canaanite, him knowing this, she's not coming to receive God and become a Jewish proselyte, which in a few days she could become a Christian. But uh, she just wants this for her daughter. And you'll see that many times. People don't want God. They just want what he can do for them. And if they're desperate, they'll try to learn the right prayer to pray or the right thing to say. But they are not remotely ready to get them and their family in church and give their hearts and lives to God and serve Him. They don't want to get any closer to Him than they have to to get what they want, and then they're going back to their way of life, their ungodly, worldly way of life. Well, that's a problem. You want what He could do, but you don't want Him. How many understand that's a problem? That's a problem. So, that's, Jesus knew that. He perceived this by the Spirit. That's why he didn't even answer her in the beginning. She's not serious. She doesn't want him. She just wants, she wants to see if she can get a miracle for her daughter, and they continue on in their amoral life. Here's another thing you've got to answer. How did her daughter get an evil spirit? She wasn't just walking home from school one day and, oops, I stepped in a devil. Oh, 
How did I, how did this happen? Uh-uh. What kind of stuff is going on in their house or around? Do you understand what I'm saying? These things don't just happen by accident. They happen by being around the wrong things. Wouldn't have had to have been at home. It could have been somewhere else, but probably home was not a good place. Canaanites. And so, uh, let's keep reading. Go back to the passage there in Matthew. He said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25, and having come, she was bowing to him and saying, Sir, help me. If there was any pretension, I believe it's gone now. She's not using son of David phraseology. She's not trying to act like she's something she's not or she knows something. She bows. Everybody say bows, bows, bows. She bows down in front of him. Sir, help me. Humility, somebody say humility. humility. And, and to receive something from the Lord, so many times we've been further off than we realize we've been. We've been more proud. We've been more defiant than we imagine that we've been. And if you come to him, yes, he wants you healed. Yes, he wants you delivered. Yes, he wants your needs met. But to something else, he wants more. He wants your heart saved. And right with him. And a lot of times you come to him, I want this, I need this, I want, I got to have this now. If you'll really listen, he'll say, I know, I know, but come here. You and I need to talk. I know you need it, but come on up here. Come close. And you need to come boldly, but humbly. Confidently, but humbly and meekly, willing to be taught willing to be corrected. And, he, and, and if you listen, a lot of times he'll say to you, I know you need this, but we need to talk about how you got here. Because if it's not fixed, you're going to wind up back in the same place. Right. Short or worse in the short man, he may say, we need to talk about this. And the correct response from us, when he tells us things that's not complimentary, <laughs> we're to say, truth, Lord. Yeah. Hmm? Truth, Lord. Yes, you hadn't been living right. Truth, Lord. You didn't do what I told you to do. Truth, Lord. And in God's uh, blessings, the way up is down. If you humble yourself, you'll be lifted up. Is that right? And so you just keep humbling yourself. You just keep, see, and, and boy, that grates the flesh. That grates the pride. Pride wants to stick his chest out and go, I'm an American. I don't bow to nobody. Not even Jesus. Huh? Not even Jesus? No, friend. We need to be quick. Bow the knee. Quick. Put your nose in the carpet. Is that right? Get real with quit. Quoting something you heard somebody else say, he knows what you know and what you don't know. Get as real with him as you know how to be. And if you're, the Bible said, the ones that are of a contrite heart and humble, he'll hear them. They'll be close to them. He'll deliver them. He'll save them. He'll heal them. There's scriptures in Isaiah, scriptures in other places. She just, can you see, she just kept going down, humbling herself. Is that right? Wouldn't talk to her. What'd she do? She took another step down. They said, send her away. She said, oh, I'm staying. 
He said, it's not right to, to throw it to the dogs. She said, huh, yeah, but puppies get crumbs. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why is she in the book? Why? What's different about her? Having come to him, she bowed, bowed to him. She said, sir, help me. I believe this is heart. She's real. 26. He answering said, it's not good to take the children's bread and cast it to the little dogs. And she, she seized on that word, little dogs. She said, yeah, little dogs, little dogs. That's right. She said, but Lord, the little dogs, they get the crumbs that, that fall from their Lord's table. What's she saying? She's saying, Lord, you're right. We Canaanites live like dogs, ungodly, vile. I don't deserve anything. I'm, I'm nobody. I got no covenant. I got no rights. But little dogs <laughs> get crumbs. And that's all I need, Lord. I just need some crumbs for my girl back home. That's all I need. I believe a big smile came across his face. Do you understand how significant this is? I've already said it, but this transcends the age of grace. It transcends a time of covenant. It transcends boundaries. What caused her to reach across and get something she had no right to? Her faith. Oh, somebody say her faith. And if she could get that where she was and coming from where she was, why can't we as a child of God that the bread belongs to, why couldn't we lay hold of what we need? We can. We can. But we got to have some of the same attitude, this humility, this humbling of yourself, this humbling of you, bowing before him and acknowledging that what he says is true, being willing to make the adjustment, being willing to make the change. Verse 28, verse 28, Jesus answering said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Now she's not just a Canaanite little dog. She's a woman. The, the Greek word here is megas. She's a woman of megas faith. Megas is where we get our word mega. It means big. In fact, it's also translated greatest, which is where I got the title for the series. Oh, woman, you have the greatest faith. Let it be to you as you will. And her daughter was healed from that hour. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. A mother's faith, a delivered daughter, a compassionate Jesus, Mega's faith. <laughs> Is he the same today? Can we see great results from great faith? It's not as complex. It's not as mysterious as people imagine it to be. You just got to put a, 
put a lid on and, and turn the switch off on this defiant pride and entitlement. You got to get a hold of yourself and tell yourself to shut up and bow your knee, right? And, and humble yourself in front of him and, and be teachable, be correctable. Anything the Lord tells you, he's right. Huh? If you don't like what he said, help me out. He's right. Huh? If you don't want to deal with what he said, still, he's right. If you don't agree with him, you're wrong. And he's right. Oh, somebody say, he's right. Every time. About everything. He's right. He's right. But no matter how far off you've gotten, repentance is a gift. It's a gift. Anybody remember 1 Corinthians 11? He said, if you judge yourself, what? You will not be judged. Oh, hallelujah. You'll, instead of getting the bad thing you deserve to get, you won't get that. You'll get the good thing you didn't deserve to get. Mercy. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody.